0: Hello and welcome to the Hoff Podcast. I'm Daniel Turner, the pastor of the Tyler House of Faith. We take these messages from our weekly services and then release them here on our podcast channel for you. We hope you dig it. All right, so, hey listen, I feel like what I wanna talk about today I feel like is a trigger. It's, 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 It's something that's strategic. That the lord has for us right now and we've talked a lot about this year we've kind of themed it as a year of freedom which freedom is the essence of the christian walk yeah uh, where the yeah. spirit of the lord is there is liberty that's that's what the fruit of being with him and in him uh, entails and so um, the opposite of being free is being bound and i believe what the enemy uses more than anything and what keeps people bound is fear in this life and Fear thwarts so many purposes and destinies in the world, and, and even in, Christian, in the Christian walk. It, it prevents um, maturity from happening, people from growing, progressing um, in this life. And, and some of the things that I wanted to hit on is it. one thing it does is it prevents relationship. That's what, you know, there cannot be intimacy when there's fear in the center of a relationship it, it prevents people from being able to be vulnerable or transparent be their true self and be known and um, it, pre- it prevents relationship even in the Christian walk not even with people between people which it certainly does but even it, it, it taints the relationship of man and God you know it causes people not to hear the good father's voice which is so very clear when we're in our right mind outside of the poison of the fall and so I wanted to talk today about um, fear in itself and, and, and Jesus looking at his life and the way he brought his disciples into the face of fear. Because this is Christianity. You know, Psalm 23 is Christianity, yeah? It is, it is the description of the Lord is my shepherd coming to realize that God is good. And that I am giving him the keys of my life and I'm no longer in charge. But he's my shepherd and I'm not going to want he takes care of my needs. You know, he leads me you know, in all these beautiful things beside these still waters and, and this green grass and all these things, but David goes on and says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And it's, that's such a contradictory uh, mentality if you really think of what he's saying. This is, not, this is somebody who was hunted by somebody that, people that were like the Taliban, people that wanted to take his head off all the time. All the time and here he is saying you prepare a table before me in the very presence of the ones that want to decapitate me and when you're a a table a fellowship a communion with the Lord we sit down and fellowship as as family and you feed me that's the most vulnerable place you can be in that's like you're not you don't have your shield in front of you your backs turned to the enemy your swords laid down and and if you're like me you're going to town on some biscuits or something good at the family dinner. You know what I'm saying? And so here he is like in this vulnerable state. Yeah, got you all with that. In this vulnerable state, um, in the very presence of my enemy, I'm not running, but I'm actually with you and I'm focusing on what you're giving me. You know, even if you, the green grass, the quiet waters, or if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that doesn't matter either, because you're there with me. It's all about who I'm with in this life. And you know we've really talked about the lie of separation lately, and I'll probably talk about it for the rest of my life, and many of us probably will, because there's this lie that's been permeated, like as if sin has separated us from God, but in reality, Jesus was around sinners more than anybody, and He's the embodiment of Yahweh. I mean, look at Fotini. Who did we do last week? The the, the woman that got John eight got brought in in her sin and thrown before Him, brought to Him, not separated from Him. You know, and there's these there's these scriptures that that are that is our life Um, like Colossians 1 21, you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now he's reconciled you in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless above reproach in his sight it's like you were once alienated and enemies, you were separated from God by your sin, it's like well hold on a minute, there's an asterisk there because you were once alienated enemies in your mind by wicked works the veil was set on your side of the tracks and you went blind to the reality that God was with you and fear came in and steered your life steer is the voice of another shepherd you know John 10 Jesus talks about I'm the good shepherd he's always painting a contrast between him and the other side my sheep follow me because they know my voice right? I've heard this, this passage but he says, a stranger's voice they won't follow. That means there is other voices. That doesn't make you schizophrenic. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know. But the other voice is the voice of fear. And that's the voice that leads so many people. Romans 8 says that all of creation is groan, groaning with expectation for the revelation, the revealing of the sons, plural, of God. Those who step into this reality and liberate the cre- creation from its bondage. That's Romans 8. It's in our Bible. It sounds like we're reading Star Wars 101 or something, but this, these are all things that are in our Bible in plain, well, we say plain English because that's how we read it, you know. But it's translated well. But there's something else that it says in Romans 8, is, and, and that's those who are led of the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the sons of God. And so we're still talking about being led of the Spirit, but not being led of fear. And there's such a distinction. These sons, these huios, this mature word in in Romans 8.14 that are led of the Spirit of God are the sons of God are the ones that all of creation is waiting for, but they're the ones that have been endued with the authority of heaven to release heaven on earth. Father, that's sonship. Your kingdom come and your will be done on the earth. Hallowed be your name. In other words, separated be your name. Like we think of holy and it's like, you know, we're obviously not, you know, Girls can wear makeup in our church, so we don't twist it that hard. But, you know, we think of holy and still we can religiousize. That was, we can religiousize that, you know what I mean? But in reality, holy is like separate other than. Hallowed be your name. Let it be separate from from the false mud that's been slung on your name. Let your name come out to be who it truly is. And that's our job in walking in this fearless life. And the way that Jesus does this just like the good shepherd of Psalm 23 is he puts us often in situations where he sets the table, right? He allows us to, you know, all modern psychology will, will tell you this, like, you know, people that are controlled with all these different um, psychological deficiencies and, 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 you know, whether it's OCD or anxiety disorders or all, you know, just complete fear and panic stricken people, but it's actually to, to get people to voluntarily face their fears. And that's where they usually become Liberated from those things. And there's a, there's definitely truth in that, but there's 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 a higher truth. And it's walking with the truth. And realizing the life separation isn't you, like he's actually with you. That's the fear of the Lord. That's Psalm 34, you know. He encamps around those who fear him. In other words, he's in he lives in your zone. He lives inside of you. We understand these things now. And so Jesus, when he look at the disciples, we're looking at these stories through the lens Of people who are also following this same Shepherd now his voice is on the inside and he surrounds us in our life to the degree that we acknowledge him you know that Proverbs 3 that we we quote so many times you know acknowledge him in all of our ways like that in other words he's he's relationally available for us in everything that we're walking in in life you know that's wonderful news but the lie of separation causes people to go into fearful places and that's I'll tell you for me in a vulnerable moment right here but something that I've dealt with in the past, except for years ago, um, but I would, I would really, what, what I would deal with the most was the feeling that I was alone. I'd feel so alone in everything that I was doing. And um, that, there was a process of deliverance that came to me when I realized that the Lord, the goodness of God, actually overtook my life and surrounded me at all times. And when I felt that way, it was because I was taking too much upon myself, not realizing I could offload onto him. So if that helps anybody, maybe so. But, but it's just like the reality is realizing that he's always there. And so today we're going to watch a dinner party where he sets the table in the presence of the enemies. And it's one of the funniest things in the world, to be honest. This, this story is great. And it starts in Luke 11, but it goes into Luke 12. Because, you know, these numbers weren't there when these, these letters were written. And Luke 11 runs into Luke 12. The very beginning of Luke 12 literally says, in the meantime. In other words, in the same time while this is happening, this started happening. So it's, it's one story. But we're going to start in Luke 11:37 37. As the disciples of the Lord, we're all going to be part of the 12 today. We're going to be the group that's with them, invited to this dinner party. And we're going to see that he is certainly not on his best behavior. Um, but, you know, have you ever, heard, you ever heard the story, like you can't, heard the saying, like, you can't take him nowhere, you can't take her nowhere. That's, what's, that's what it feels like in this situation to the disciples. I kind of have a feeling. Because um, in, in Luke 11, verse 37, it says, he speak, he's, here he is speaking, um, he spoke with a certain Pharisee, and a certain, as he spoke, a certain Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and sat down to eat. Okay, now, boom, right there. So here he is, disciples, the crew, and probably a large amount of people. The Pharisees are incredibly wealthy. They got money, you know? And um, you know, they're like the TBN preachers probably, you know I mean? They got, the, they got that gold chair behind them and all that, you know? And so they got the buffet, they got the golden corral at their house, you know what I'm saying? And um, so he's invited to one of their houses. And if I'm the disciples and it's like, these guys are always trying to find a way to accuse you and get you in trouble. Like, I would like you to come to dinner at my house, probably a prominent Pharisee in a very wealthy region of the city. I'm thinking that's a hard no. Like, no, we're, we're good on that. We don't need to go over there. That's the wrong side of the tracks for us. And Jesus, Jesus is like, sounds good. What time am I supposed to be there? You know what I mean? And we're just like, we're going to this? Really? Okay. Um, so he went in and he sits down to eat. But when the Pharisee saw, that, saw it, he marveled that he hadn't first uh, washed. He didn't do his ceremonial washings before dinner. Now, do you think Jesus was absent-minded and did this on accident? I mean, neither. Everything that happens in our life when we're with him, right? That's another Romans 8. You know, it's like, are all things, the book of Romans, all things happen to us are for the good of those who love God or are called according to his purpose. So it doesn't really matter what's going on. It's victory for us. It's learning and it's growth because he's with us and he's in us and he doesn't do else. And so, um, you know, he, here's, here's God. Um, the Pharisees marveled. And so Jesus starts talking. And this is when things get like hot up under your collar. You know what I mean? Now, you Pharisees make the outside of the cup and dish clean. But your inward part is full of greed and wickedness foolish ones. Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm, I'm hitting him with an elbow like, yo, calm it. Calm down, dude. <laughs> calm down, buddy. You know? These guys are empowered by the Romans that are the true rulers of our region. This We could get really beat down for this, or worse, arrested. They're, it's like, dude, you know that they're here just to just to accuse you and trick you into something. And you're going to just stumble into it and just be triggered and start running off at your mouth at these guys? Like, this is not the way. Like, clink, calm it down, brother. You know? But he does, he's not triggered. He's speaking truth because he wants to liberate them. Yeah. But rather, give alms to such as, of such things as you have, then indeed all things are clean to you. But woe! You Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs. You pass by justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. I'm like, okay, you done? You done? No. Woe to you, Pharisees! You love the best seats. You love your greetings in the marketplaces. You have got this vibe about you. You think you're a big deal. Like, okay, buddy, you done? Mm-mm. Woe to you, scribes and scribes and Pharisees. So that oh us? You're like graves which aren't seen that men walk over. Oh my goodness. Then one of the lawyers answered and said to him, Teacher, you're including the by saying these things, this is verse 45, you reproach us also. Woe to you also. Lawyers, You load men with burdens hard to bear. This is the religious system. Now. Mm -hmm. You build the tombs of the prophets, but your father's the one that killed them. In fact, you bear witness that you approve of their deeds. Oh, man. Therefore, the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles. Some they'll kill and persecute that the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be, may be required of this generation. Whoa. Heavy things that he's dropping right there. Luckily for them, in that generation, there was somebody whose blood was going to be shed to cover them all. You know what I mean? So he wasn't, you know, if, if you see what he's doing here, and, and not only this, I'm here to rescue y'all. Mm-hmm the blood of all the prophets which is shed from, from the blood of Abel to Zachariah, who perished between the altar woe to you lawyers you've taken the key of knowledge you didn't enter in yourselves and those who are entering in you hindered so now we're all I'm puckered up I'm like my stomach's tight I'm like I'm ready to get just punched in the side of the ear or something I'm like just looking around you know we're in the room right we're the disciples today right let's come on let's be there Yeah, it says as he said this, as he said these things to him, the scribes and the Pharisees began to assail him vehemently and cross examine him about many things, lying in wait for him, trying to catch him in something that he might say so that they might accuse him so that they would have some reason to drag him in and kill him then. So this went from a nice dinner party to like, dude, we get to eat these rich people's food and all of a sudden... You want to act a fool we don't even get to eat our food now they're cornering you now we're going to get thrown in jail these these young disciples that are poor kids some of them you know they're just like you know teenage age you know some of them are just like freaked out we thought we were finally getting into the fancy buffet and you want to do this and now they're cornering jesus the scribes pharisees and lawyers and they're cross-examining him so they're speaking with such heat towards him in his face to try to not even, to get him to mess up in his words so that they can try to trip him up so that they can drag him in. Like, oh, that's it, Last we got you. Like, this is the, to them, like, they're, they're winning. This is the point of this whole trap. I mean, dinner, which was a trap. Yeah. And they, 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 they've got him, now let's get him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, here I am in my 40s talking about this 31, 32-year-old guy. This is not an old man sitting there that's, these are old men ripping him. But this is like what we would consider a a young, a young dude, a young man and his younger crew in a very tense situation with these guys that have the Torah memorized, you know, uh, which he does as well. I mean, go figure, he is, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, in the meantime, that's verse 12. In the meantime, like for me, I'm like I'm trying to have his back, but I'm looking for the exits. I'm like, how can we duck out of this? You know, we just read last week in, in Romans. I mean, I'm sorry, in John eight, when um, he says, "Before Abraham was, I am." Um, you know, they weren't able to stone him. Yeah. You know, he was able to cloak himself and walk amongst the midst of these people, and so he did supernatural things like this sometimes, and just would would see his way out. Um, it, it doesn't negate the fact that you're. Probably really nervous. In the Middle East, guys, this isn't at the Black Baptist buffet or some like a religious debate with our with our Catholic brothers or some. You know what I mean? This is like the Middle East savagery: people getting stoned, people getting their heads cut off, and stuff like this is scary and frightening in a rich neighborhood. And it says, um, in the meantime, which during this same time, because of the frenzy of what's going on here, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another he began to talk to his disciples first saying beware of the leaven of the pharisees which is hypocrisy and so i want us to check this out this thing has become such a frenzy the frenzy of just the fact that he was in town because he was he started to become very famous to where he couldn't even come into town as much jesus so just the fact that he was there, but then the uproar of the frenzy of the fight that started to happen, started to swirl around that building that he was in, the place that he was in, to the courtyard, to the area, to where it was like spilling into the streets, and there was, there was what's described as most likely upward of a thousand people that are starting to gather in this busy city all around where he is, and there's a major commotion because some people are trying to get to him, some people are fed by the frenzy. It's just like a real chaotic scene. And this, to me, sounds scary. you know. And it's not just like, there's a large crowd of people like, oh, let's hear what he's saying. It says, it says that so that people were being trampled. People were being stomped on on the ground just because of the buzz of what was going on. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to propose that he's in the very eye of the hurricane here because that's what it's like to be with him. And that he's not out of control.
1: But I would imagine
0: us being with him in the scenario, we're, we're like we got to get out of here, man. This is, this is ridiculous. You know, Arnold, get to the chapa. That's what I used say for this story. Like, get to the chapa. Like, we got to go. You know, this is going bad, you know. And so this swirl is happening. and it's spilling out to the disciples. And it's like here he has set a stage to teach his boys, his team, his sons and daughters in this case. And it says, meanwhile, people are getting trampled, and he began to say to his disciples, first of all. In other words, he's got them huddled, he's gathered around them, and his first thing is, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. For what have you spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what have you spoken in the ear, in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetop. And um, it's just like, man, talk about making a point. We've talked about this for so many times. If you read the Bible too, even the ones we haven't covered, it's just like, he's setting a stage just like the woman caught in adultery. He's setting a stage in the house with the the four people lowering down the man that's paralyzed, you know, the paralytic. The Matthew, Mark, Luke, John—the representation of the four gospel coming through the mind of mankind, through the ceiling, through the roof. Son, your sins are forgiven. He's setting the stage in Cana at a at a wedding. Just happened to be nine, uh, six stone water parts pots. The number of man, man created on the sixth day. Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six. I will create a new heart. Uh, the heart of stone I'll replace with the heart of flesh. I'm going to fill you with something. That he, he sets the stage to, to make that. Wa- pour the water in, pour the wine in, make it wine. He sets the stage in all these stories with Potini at Jacob's well. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'll give you living water. He's, he, he, he's always setting this stage with his boys. You think this is important, John one 51, You're going to see the angels ascend and descend like the Jacob's ladder. He's, he's doing all these things. He's completely in control Amen. at all times. And this one would be like, he's officially in over his head. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the disciples. You've got to be thinking, this is too much. This is crazy, man. We're going to get to the chopper or whatever, you know, pull up the car. like, I'm out, you know. Roman soldiers at 10 o'clock and, you know, all these different things. Like, uh, you know, this is terrible. You know, but he's setting the stage. And, the, and then he he, he he speaks to his disciples, beware of. And I'm thinking of, beware of what? The Romans that are about to arrest us? Beware of what? The, the Pharisees that are trying to accuse us? The lawyers that are trying to trap us into things? Beware of, you know, what are you talking about? And he's saying, oh, like, I'm not afraid of any of these things. This isn't, this isn't real to me. This isn't my reality. This is the valley of the shadow of death. This is like death is right on our door, or at least getting stomped hard and just, you know, the hospital. Um, But what he's saying is, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. The pride and arrogance, which is what leaven really represents, right? It puffs up bread, it makes it swell up to appear much bigger than it truly is, you know? Um, Beware of that because even all that pride and even all that arrogance and all that aggression, it's just rooted in their hypocrisy because they're afraid to be who they truly are. They've taken the poison of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They're afraid of God. And so they're living a life of works to be acceptance, accepted and pure, even ceremonial washings, which weren't even in their Torah, even in their rule books that they were imposing on other people. And since they lived by them out of their fear and out of their misknowledge, they were actually enforcing it on other people. And it was like, woe to you. You're making it way hard on everybody else, but you don't lift a finger to help them out at all. And you need to know what you're in. He's not accusing them. He's telling them like, this is who you are, but it's not who you are. Yeah. You know? And he brings his disciples into this swirl of a situation. Could it be that anxieties and pressures that are in your life right now are designed or allowed by the Lord for you to be delivered from fear so that you'll be walking in more freedom and destroy that lie of separation that we think we're alone in those situations? Vincent's quote that I use all the time, now it's my quote, you know, double copyright, but it's like, I just work here. And that's been my deal, you know. what I'm saying, hey, I just do what I'm told from him. It's like it's not about what people like or don't like. Um, it, it's really about what pleases the Lord. And as long as I'm doing that, like, it's whatever, man. It is what it is, you know. And that's the way. If we live to prove to to, um, to we value what what the Lord values, and our goal is actually to to actually do what what is um, now. I don't want to say approved. What, what is acceptable or what to please him, that the Lord's pleasure be, in our, you know, be manifested from the dealings of our life, you know what I'm saying? That we're right with him above all things. Then we won't be plagued by this thing that the Bible calls the fear of man, which proves to be a snare. And there's so many people, they walk around with the fear of man, so afraid to be themselves because of what other people might think. And some even don't follow the Lord fully because they're afraid of what it might look like to those that are in that religious machine and system. And so they never step into who they are and they never fulfill their purpose and calling and destiny and walk in the true freedom that's right there in front of them. The truth that God's leading them into. Because I don't want to look like one of those craziness people, you know what I mean? Or whatever, whatever it is. And it's just like Jesus goes on in this scenario, which is a hilarious story, Talk about a table that's set before me. He brings them into it so that he can teach them. Like, Lord, you know, there's a bunch of Roman soldiers coming here. There's a bunch of Caiaphas of Pharisees. They're trying to trap you. They're going to arrest you. There's people who are trying to stone you. There's this, He's like, Yeah, no. Here's what you need to be afraid of. You want to be afraid of something? Be afraid of that leaven of the Pharisee. Be afraid of that of fear itself leading you into being a hypocrite. And actually siding with something dark because you're afraid to walk in the light and see that's where this ends up going don't be afraid those who kill the body and after that have no more than they can do he's talking about the Romans there but I'll tell you fear him who after he is killed has the power to to cast into hell yeah fear him and don't you know are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins and not one of them? forgotten before God but the very hairs of your head are numbered don't fear you know then he goes on and he continues with it he just continues hitting that the nail on the head and um, now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates don't worry about what you say or what you should answer for the Holy Spirit other verse says the spirit of your father will teach you in the very hour what you ought to say and so this becomes a lesson on don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. By the way, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of anything. What you're going to say, how you're coming across, all these things. Be afraid. Of, and also, here, okay, so we need to back up to there. Don't be afraid of those who, can, who, can, who has, have authority to kill the body. That's it. Be afraid of those who, after he has killed, <coughs> excuse me, has the power to cast you into hell. Yeah, fear him. And here's one of those hitters right here. It's lost in translation a bit. And people are like, yeah, be afraid of God who wants to throw you into hell. And then, no, because that's wrong. You feel that's wrong. And then then the very next verse, he's like, and don't, the very hairs of your head are numbered, so don't fear by God. You know, God is like, he goes on this tirade of like how much God loves and values each one of you, so don't be afraid, you know. And people have taken that verse and act like, well, don't fear that, fear God. It's like, no, 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 he's like, don't fear the Romans. It's like, fear the one who you be siding with in this hypocrisy whose religious system is going to burn in Gehenna. Don't, don't, don't be afraid to step away. Don't, don't be afraid to step away from that religious system who you're abiding under the authority of Satan himself. Because if you don't, you're going to get what he's going to get. Yeah. I might not have said that as best as I wanted to, but you, I think you caught what I'm throwing. And you can look into that yourself, but it's there. Therefore, I say, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your body, what you're going to wear. Your life is more than food and clothing. You know, he's just, he is just going after everything that we care about, the way we look, the way we're taken care of, the way we, you know, if we're going to have enough. I mean, this message amidst of a crowd. And, I'm, and we think of like, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. You know, the guy, from yeah, put that guy from that one uh, Christian TV show right now, the Jesus guy on there saying that, you know what I mean? But the way I'm seeing this happening is this huddle's in the midst of a, a crowd going nuts and he's having to raise his voice. All right, listen. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. You saw that in there? You saw what they're doing? It's hypocrisy. Do not let fear steer your life. Do not let fear Get you to plug into their religious machine, which is actually under Satan, the, the knowledge of good and evil. And worry about the Romans are going to come kill us. It's like, don't worry about what they're going to do. Worry about the, the authority you're stepping under by being in that machine. Amen. And where it's going to go. Yeah, because 70 AD, not one stone would be left upon another. And it was a real place. It was all going to be trashed and burnt. Every bit of the temple. Every bit of the whole thing. Don't let fear steer your life. Don't. Hey, you get. Oh, what if they pull us into and you're not with us? It don't matter. The spirit of your dad's going to be inside of you and he's going to tell you what to say. So don't rehearse it a thousand times. Don't worry about it. I'm in other words. He's saying he's I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be in you guys. You don't know yet. You know, it's like, don't worry about your life. Oh, my life like this place is plastic. You are indestructible in me. Listen, don't worry about what, you're, what you're, your body, what you're going to wear, your food, your, your body's more than clothing. Think about the ravens. They don't sow or reap. Which of you, by worrying, can add a cubit to your stature? Some of you short folk would want to wear yourself taller. You think that's going to help? No. Consider the lilies of the field. Not even Solomon was clothed like them. There's an abundance you're called to step into, but it doesn't happen by being worried and afraid all the time and trying to look in a way that will cause you to fit in. That's trash as well. He didn't say trash, but you catch what I'm sowing. You know, I'm still doing the yell voice. I probably need to calm down. I'm not a yeller. <laughs> Don't seek what you should eat, what you drink. Don't have an anxious mind. Those are religious, ritualistic eatings and drinkings. Don't have an anxious mind about that. Am I pleasing to God? Am I doing something wrong? Am I this and that? Like, goodness gracious, it severs you. You're looking at God as a monster. He's not that way. If you come and realize that the the love of God is who He truly is and that the hairs of your head are actually numbered. You're not worried if I'm... Am I breaking one of your... You know what I'm saying? You're not... Tiptoeing through the garden of the rules of the, the knowledge of what is good and what is evil. You've actually, we're, that's old. That's we're out of this. I'll tell you what you should seek, verse 31, but seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew says, in right and his righteousness, being right with him above all things. But seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. All those things that people worry about, their needs being met, like... All that will be there if you're seeking the kingdom first above all things. This is like a st- in stone. This is etched into our into our into the fabric of our DNA. This is in our DNA. If you seek first the kingdom above all things, if that is your first and foremost priority in life, all those things you will need will be added to you. And when we're in a place where we're, where we're worried and we're in anxiousness and we're nervous about people and we're not in good relationships and all these different things, we're in all this stuff it's because we're not being true to who we truly are the covered and loved and beloved of God what does it say there is no fear in love right but perfect love casts out fear that's first john 4:18 because fear involves torment or punishment which instantly goes into that verse Fear the one that's going to throw you into hell. Like That's not what it's saying because fear involves punishment. Fear involves torment. That's not how this life works. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Oh my gosh, I'm not perfect in love yet. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, listen. No, you haven't come to understand how perfectly and fully you're loved. We can take this thing and make it so harsh to disqualify ourselves so easily. You see how that works? I'm not perfect in love yet. It's like, no, Dude. It's like we haven't, we haven't yet grasped how loved we are that the hairs of our head are numbered, you know what I mean? That our plan and purpose is designed by God. It will bring the fulfillments of the desires of our heart into reality, into time and space, into this place. And not only that, we will be the ushers of the kingdom of heaven, our dad's kingdom, into this world. And this reality will actually spew through the world. This is our purpose. Do not fear. Do so- not I skip a lot through verses because I think everyone thinks just like me. Okay, that's a, that's, a, that's a flaw, right? So let me, Luke 12, let's just finish with this. thirty one thirty two. but seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Don't fear about these stuff. And then he says it again, do not fear and don't fear about that little flock for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So it's like, don't fear about this. Don't fear about this. Don't fear about that. Also, don't fear about that. Don't be afraid about that. Don't be led about that. But seek first the kingdom and everything that you need will be aligned for you. It's already been prepared for you. All you have to do is walk it out. Like, trust me, I've prepared the whole thing. You are my design. And also, don't be afraid about that. Verse 32. And don't fear if he's going to give you the kingdom because it's actually his good pleasure. He is wholeheartedly desiring for you to walk in this reality. So that hallowed be his name. And because he loves you with his whole heart. And you can't separate the two. And the world's got to know. The lie of separation is totally a lie. I love David, you know, like Psalm 23 we're saying. But he says other things. Psalm eighteen-two: The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress. He's my shield. He's my stronghold. It's like when I'm with him, it doesn't matter what's around me. And this is somebody that lived in some tumultuous, through some sketchy things. You know? The Lord is our shelter, Psalm 46.1. These are things to remind ourselves. You know, it's like these are verses that we can have. Psalm 46, the Lord is my shelter, actually. Amen. Psalm 18, he's my fortress. He's my stronghold. If I'm abiding in alignment with him, if I'm choosing, hey, to even go to him relationally. Say I've made the wrong turn. Say I've stepped into stuff I shouldn't have. And yeah, it's right that I'm scared because my I'm about to get bit a little bit. You know what I'm saying? The connection is not severed. It's as easy as act- repentance means to have a change of mind and change your direction. Yeah. Amen. But He's not away from you. That's right. You know what I mean? He's there, yeah. always. Yeah. But relating to Him through a fearful mind is like His brother, you know. James would say, you know, without without faith, it's impossible to believe God, to please God, because you actually must believe that He exists. So we think without faith it's impossible to please God, faith in some type of works way. He's like, no, you have to actually believe in who he is and that he's exists and that he's with you. Yeah. He's like, and that's faith. Connect to him, acknowledge him. In the things that you're walking through, you know, religious people often choose to live in denial rather than to face the things they actually deal with. It's, it's because the religious mind considers negative manifestations or even un. un- comfortable circumstances or situations as things that would disqualify them. But it's because they're living by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, so they fight to be like, I'm okay. Or, not to, or if they manifest something, like oh, you know. it's like, we, we joke around about it. It's like the guy with the flu that's still coming to church. And he's sitting there sweating with his fever on the front row, blowing his nose the whole time. You know, and he's like, it's just allergies, man. I was like, I think you got the flu. Don't speak that on me, brother. I don't accept that. You know, it's like, dude... <laughs> get out of here you got the flu man <laughs> you know what I mean is there a place of walking in that where you won't be a touch I mean I fully believe this yes but you ain't there today and you got the flu so leave <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> be, be, be actual you know. consider other people but, but it, it's like taking ownership people that fight not to take ownership of things instead of saying like, hey I'm feeling these things I'm in this situation I do feel these things acknowledging those things. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord, and, and He directs your path. So, you know, Proverbs 3. All right, so here's your move. Here's your next move. It can be as simple as like, man, when I'm around certain people, I really clam up. You know? Or I feel, really feel like I have to hold myself a certain way. Or like, man, I'm, I'm really kind of nervous it's about what these people are going to say about my life right now, and so I really want to project something. You know, it's all these things that steer people instead of being in the freedom of who they're called to be. You know what I'm saying? Of what success is, or what, you know, all these different things. It's just like, it's like, it's God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Amen. You know, and so you know. In closing, I should say this because I had a second portion to this, but we took almost 30 minutes, 39 minutes. So, um, so I'll leave that out. But, um, Not, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, because it would take a little bit longer, I think. But, like. Probably like 14, 15. But the thing is, is not to be surprised by the trials or the situation or the thing that comes up in our heart. It means that we're actually following Him. You know what I'm saying? Nothing disqualifies us except for the things that we refuse to acknowledge and repent and release of. And even then, they don't disqualify us. We just keep going around the same mountain. What do they say you don't fail a test in God. You just keep taking the same one until you pass it. You know what I mean? It'll come back around in a completely different situation with completely different faces. And uh, there well, there it is again. I knew the whole world was messed up and I was always right. You know? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, well, maybe there's some things to deal with here to acknowledge. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean... The, the poison of that fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil has caused people to walk like robots which was the design of it yes. yeah. it's what caused the heart to grow so it was so hard in departing from God in mind and in heart and to be so deficient that we need a rule book uh, thou shalt not what kill like we needed that written down you know what I mean not to commit adultery not to steal it's like so we need those laws do we need those that is that is a deficient stone heart that needs to be told what's wrong with it. But Ezekiel 36, 25, 26, 24, 5, 6, it's like I'm gonna put a new spirit within you. This new covenant, I'm gonna I'm gonna wash you completely cleansed, and I'm gonna take the stone out, I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the heart of flesh in there. Like you're gonna actually be able to be yourself again. You know? When there's no sin in the New Testament, the new covenant. It's, it's not defined. You know what I mean? It's not even the, the, the fruits of the spirit versus the fruits of the flesh. In Galatians 5, we are going to do it a few weeks, and I think it's going to be a hitter, to be honest. <laughs> but, but it's just like James says, he who knows the good that he ought to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. You know? And it's just like, hey, man, when we, when we violate love in our heart, then we're, we're in a sinful way. And that's where the repent has to happen. But, but the heart of flesh will recognize that in relationship with the Lord. We're different. We're a new creature now. Amen. So it's not that we can't mess up. Like, we can mess up all day long. You know what I'm saying? We can't go into sin. We, can't, we, can, we can do all those things. But in reality, God is leading us into truth. As long as we're willing to own and move forward in Him, sky is the limit. Where He is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Yeah. So, Lord, we thank you for your word, which is true, and that even now there are probably people here under the sound of the voice, you know, listening to this online, whatever it is, that you are wanting to deliver us from fear so that we will more fully and wholeheartedly follow you into all truth, Lord. Let the the lie of separation be broken over this whole household, the reality that you are actually with us that you are in us and that we're never alone. And um, the truth that in us seeking first your kingdom above all things, all things that we need are added to us and breaking that lie as well, that it's your good pleasure actually to give us the kingdom. That we shouldn't be afraid of that. That going all in doesn't put us in a vulnerable space. It puts us into our inheritance. Let us be those who walk that embody that reality, amen.